2 Timothy 1 and 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You may be seated. Our Father, God in heaven, Lord, as we humbly bow in your presence tonight, God, we pray, Lord, for your help. Father, we pray, Lord, for your mercy and your grace upon our heart and our life tonight. And Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would preach the message, Lord, that you intend to be preached. Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would take these broken words and this emptiness and my stammering tongue, and Lord, that you would do something with it tonight. And God, that someone would leave this place lifted up, someone would leave this place benefited from coming here tonight. And Father, we pray, Lord, that You'd be lifted up. God, that You would be exalted and praised above all. And God, we know You know how we need You tonight. And God, we're certainly asking for Your help. And Father, we pray, Lord, the first one here that has a burden or has a need, God, that You'd meet them right where they're at. Father, we love You. We thank You, give You glory and honor and praise. And it's in Your wonderful name we pray in the name of Jesus. And Amen. Now I thought tonight as we were actually singing in the choir, I thought that the Lord had led us to this passage of Scripture tonight. And I thought as Paul, I want, I want you to notice something here. There's a few things I want you to notice from these verses of Scripture that we read, and I don't intend to be but just a few moments, and we'll be done. But I thought as... Brother Paul had penned these words down, and I believe that this was the last writings of Paul. I believe it wasn't long afterwards. I believe that Paul was led to the chopping block, and I believe that Paul lost his head for the cause of Christ. And I understand as, 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 I, as I studied a little bit about Paul and read a little bit about Paul, I understand that Paul being broken and being beat down and, and being an, an elderly man at this time and this stage in his life and, and how that he had been beaten, he had been stoned, he had been shipwrecked three or four different times and Paul really lived a tough, rough life, if you will. But I understand that these Roman soldiers had a hold of him. If, if you go back and read and, and study a little bit of history on Brother Paul, that uh, they, these big, strong Roman soldiers had a hold of him and was leading him to the chopping block. And that old man that was beat, beat up and broken down broke loose from those strong men, those strong Roman soldiers, and ran to the chopping block and laid his head down 
and said, Give me Jesus. You think of what that man, you think of the testimony and the life that he lived and, and what God had done through that special man. But I thought about these words that he wrote here uh, concerning uh, to, to Brother Timothy. And I want you to notice something about, uh, about Timothy. I thought about uh, Brother Timothy. And I, I understand that, that Timothy is just a young man. He, he may only be uh, perhaps uh, no older than in, in his mid-twenties. And perhaps maybe even just a, a teenager. And we understand that, that Timothy was converted at a young age, I believe. No doubt that his grandmother and his, his own mother had a great influence on, on his own life. And I thought about this. I thought, you know, that no doubt when Paul, I believe you go back and you'll read and study and, and look in, I believe it's in, in chapter 14 of Acts, I believe you'll see that uh, Brother Paul made a journey to Lystra, I believe. And there he showed up and, and those people welcomed him and they thought that he was a god. Remember that? And when he told him, said, no, we're just, I believe Barnabas was with him, and he said, no, the, we're, we're just men, just common men, just as you are. And how that they took him out and stoned him. Remember that? And then he went back the second time. I believe you'll find in Acts chapter number 16, you'll find that he went back the second time, and, and there you'll read about Timothy. And you'll find, you'll, find uh, you'll, you'll read about his mother, and I believe it talks about his dad even being a Greek. But it talks about his mother, and it says something about her that she believed. In other words, I, I believe that, that Timothy's mother was, I believe that she was a Christian. I believe that she was born again. I believe she had faith in the Lord, Lord Jesus, and no doubt that was handed down from her mother. And no doubt that Timothy's faith was handed down to him by his own mother and by his grandmother. But you think about this and how I believe that I believe that Paul saw something there in Timothy. I believe there was something special about about they had a I believe a special relationship. You know, I believe that Paul invested a little bit of time in that young man. And had no doubt that Timothy had a, a great influence later on in life. But you think about this, and I and I believe because but because of Paul's investment into Timothy. Later on in life, we, we, we don't know and we don't read and we don't see a great, a great deal about it, but no doubt I believe that Timothy was a great pastor, become a great pastor. I believe that. But you think about this. You know, and I think about myself and I think about the church and I think about the young people. You know what I believe we ought to do at times? Is invest in our children. Make an investment in our, in our children that's coming up underneath us. And you know, you think about uh, the, the time that is spent with a child. It's not wasted time. But you know, I believe that we ought to take consideration of the children that go here. And my heart hurts. My heart is burdened because there once was a time when they would come up and stand across the front and they would be from one wall to the other, shoulder to shoulder, all the way across. And turn down the sides at times. There was a time when there was... 45 to 50 children at times in any given service right here at Union Valley. You know, I believe what, what we ought to do is invest in the children. Make an investment. You know what an investment is? It's putting aside a little bit of something in hopes that you might have a return one day down the road. You know what I think we ought to do? Is invest in these children. In hopes that one day down the road, you think about it. 
The next preacher could be right here sitting on these pews. The next song leader might be sitting right here beside you. You think about that tonight, church. I, I, I believe we ought to make an investment in the children. And I believe that's one of the greatest assets that any church, any given church has, is the children and the youth within the church. And how important it is. You know, I've heard people say, well, the youth is the church of tomorrow. They are. I agree with that. But they're just as much of the church today as anybody else is within inside of this building. Just as much of the church today as, as they ever will be. And how that we ought to make an investment in, into the lives of the children that are here and that are present. But you know, I thought about this. I want you to notice something about, about the family. You know, I believe we can see uh, the, the family. You think about the, Timothy's family. And I understand that his... His grandmother Lois, no doubt, was a believer. And I believe that his, his mother Eunice was a believer. No doubt how that, their faith was handed down and how, it, how important it is for me. I, whether it's important to you or not, you know that, that's between you and the Lord, but it is absolutely important to me that I hand down my faith to my children, that my children might look at me and see my faithfulness. And I believe one day that I will stand and give an account of how I have raised my children. And I don't want to leave no doubts about it. And I want to make sure that, uh, you know, first of all, I've got to make sure that I'm lined up, that I'm not leading my children and leading my wife into a ditch somewhere. I've got to stay focused on the Lord myself, keep my hand into, into His big hand, and keep step after step after Him with Him in front and Him leading me in hopes that I might be able to lead my family in the right way. But I believe you, you, think, about, you think about Brother Timothy, and, and the Bible says, it says this about his daddy. It says, and it, it does say there in Acts chapter number 16, it says, and Eunice believed. That tells me that she was a believer in the Lord Jesus. I believe she had a relationship with the Lord Jesus. But it's, it goes on to say that his father was a Greek. And that leaves me a little, little bit of doubt, a little bit of skepticism, if you will, about, about the relationship that maybe his, his dad had with the Lord. Maybe he wasn't converted at this time. We don't, don't read any more about him, but it says that his father was a Greek. But you think about the family and how the, the, the dad, I believe the, you know, the, Bible's, I, the Bible's plain, and, and I believe this tonight, that I believe that the, the man is the head of the household. The leader, the spirit. We should be the spiritual leader of the home. It's my responsibility to teach my family the the ways of the Lord and to to, to lead and to guide them in in the, the spiritual way that we ought to go. It's my responsibility for that. You know, I don't I don't want to let down my family in that area as well. But you know, you think about you think about uh, the family. And then you think about the faith. You think about Timothy's faith. And you know, you think about the influence that his perhaps ungodly dad could have had upon him. You think about his faith. And you know, I could see that no doubt that, that, that a, a dad would have a great influence in a young man's life. But I believe this. I believe that Timothy had faith. And maybe, maybe Timothy was willing to even go as far as to say, Dad, you know what? He said, no matter which direction you go, no matter what you decide in life, you think about this, young people. 
no matter which direction you want to go, no matter what you decide to do in life, I am going to serve the Lord. And I believe that he had faith enough to do that, no matter what his daddy did. So let me just say this tonight, young people. Just because mommy and daddy's not living for the Lord doesn't mean that you don't have to live for... We can still have that relationship with the Lord. Hey, let them make a decision for themselves. But you know what? When it comes right down to it, I've got to make the decision. You've got to make the decision. Don't let no one else make the decision for you. You can decide right this very moment that you're going to serve the Lord. And that you're going to live for Him all the days of your life. And I highly recommend it. Highly recommend the Lord Jesus. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't think, well, one day down the road, I'd like to get saved. Why not this very moment? There's no greater time to meet the Lord as right now. You think about, my goodness, there's something stirring and moving inside of my heart tonight. Appreciate the Holy Ghost of God that shows up. But you think about this tonight, young people. It's up to you. Mom and Dad, don't, don't... get to make that decision for you. But you can make that choice right now and have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. But you know, I thought about about Timothy's faith. and You know, I, I believe this. I believe that you know, maybe he decided against the will of his father to go and to serve the Lord. And not only that, I believe you'll find in, in Acts chapter 16 that, that Timothy followed Paul. Not just across the town where he was raised, or the town where, but I believe over in perhaps another uh, part of the country, if you will, another city, if you will, many, many miles away from home, outside of uh, the authority of his parents, and outside of uh, the, the relationship and the responsibilities that he might have had uh, within his family uh, home there, if you will, and the accountability that he might have had living under his grandmother, Lois, and living under his Mother Eunice. Now you think about this. And, and now that, I believe that's where the rubber meets the road, if you will. Now you think about this. How many of us, when we got to that age, maybe Timothy, Timothy was just a young man right here. Late teens, early 20s. We don't know exactly where he was at. But you know, when we get outside of the realms of home, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where, the, you, where things get real. Now you think about that. Where would we be found during that age and that stage in our lives? Outside our parents. You think about it. We'll be sitting on a bar stool somewhere. We'll be running up and down the road somewhere. But you know, I believe that Timothy was faithful. I believe Timothy was faithful. I, I don't believe Paul went out and, and found him laying drunk in a, in a road in an alley somewhere outside of the care of his home, outside of the care of his family. But I believe he found him maybe perhaps sitting at the feet of the godly man. And you think about that and having the, uh, the Scripture in his, in his hands and reading and studying and learning. You think about the faith of, of Timothy. Now, it says this. Notice in verse number 7. I believe that that Paul no doubt had to write to Timothy uh, for a reason. And I believe that although he wrote these words and, and directed them to, to Brother Timothy, I believe that the, the reader and the hearer and the listener, I believe it pertains to you and I believe it pertains to me. But you notice in verse number 7 it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of what? Fear. Fear. 
So perhaps maybe that Brother Timothy dealt with fear. And Paul was trying to encourage him. We see the family and we see uh, uh, Timothy's faith and now maybe we see the fear. But he said, uh, Paul was writing to him and trying to encourage him and he says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, maybe perhaps Timothy, I believe that Paul had led him and taught him and showed him. And, and maybe I believe that Timothy was uh, perhaps tr- learning and growing up under, underneath Paul to be, become a, a great pastor at a church. But you know, at times I believe Timothy needed to be encouraged, to be pushed along and, and prodded along, if you will. You know what? There's times when me, my, myself, needs encouraged, needs poked a little bit. Say, Get, go get them, boys. You know what I mean? Just sick him, boys. You know what I mean? I think at times we need to be encouraged. We need to be backed up. And there's times when I need your prayers. I desire your prayers. The prayers of the church. And you know, at times we all get discouraged. We all get down and, and, and get, uh, get beat up at times. And you know what? Thank God that we got the church family that we can depend upon that will pray and, and help us along the way. And, you know, I believe that Timothy needed that because Paul wrote to him and encouraged him and tried to help him along the way and tried to lead and guide and direct him. But, you know, it says that he... I like what Paul told him. He said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So you think about that. Now, he tells us that fear is a spirit. You think about... Now, like, I can't see a spirit. But you know, we can see the effects of it. You ever seen you ever seen fear on somebody's face? When they're terrified of something. I, I seen the fear on Sarah's face when she saw a spider the other day. You couldn't even see it. It was about that big and I mean she was tore plumb up. I'll never forget one time I got a call. It's been a few years ago. I, it's coming down Interstate 79. I was way up above Clendenin somewhere, and I get a call, and she said, I was on my way home from work. She said, how long before you get home? I said, well, I'm, I'm up above Clendenin. I'm going to be 45 or 50 minutes or more before I get home. Well, she said, hurry up. There's a big spider. And when I got home, <laughs> when I got home, that spider had her treed up on the dryer. <laughs> She was in the laundry room doing laundry and she pulled up something. Now it, it was about that big and, and she would not come down off of that dryer. It had her treat up on that dryer for about 45 or 50 minutes and the kids were scared to come into the dry, uh, laundry room and she was scared to go out. But I had to kill that spider. But, but fear, you think about fear and what it does and the effects that it has on our lives. It's a spirit, the Bible tells us. And, and, and I'm, I'm convinced tonight that every one of us has a fear of something. And there's been times that no doubt that every one of us has been terrified of something. Fearful of something. And let me just say this, if you haven't, you will. It's coming. But you think about how fear has effects on our life. But you know, Paul said, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. You know, could you, could you imagine if you can just look right now and if, if you could see fear 
Could you imagine what, what we would see right here in the pew sitting beside us? If we could see fear. Paul said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you know, I thought about, I thought about that power. And Wendy was all over it there just a few moments ago. When we're at our weakest, when we're down and out, and I mean we're just scraping the very bottom, that's when we can really experience the power of God. Amen. His strength is perfected yeah. in our weaknesses and in my fears and my faults and failures. You think about that. How wonderful. And you know what? That lets me know that I need Him more and more and more. Every day, Brother Butcher, I, I need Jesus more than anything in this life. I thought about the love. I taught on love downstairs the other day. And I thought about the love of Christ and the love of God. You think about that tonight, church. How Christ loved me and how Christ loved you. I can't put it into words. In fact, I'm convinced that God's Word tells us better than anybody else can tell us how He loved us. Now think about Romans 5 and 8 where He said, But God commendeth His love toward us. He showed us, He proved to us how much He loved us in that while we were yet sinners. You know what that tells me? When I was lost, when I was vile, when I was wretched, when I was the lowest point in my life, when I was an awful sinner, even as a little boy, you think about that. Saved at the age of 10, but you know what? I was just as lost as anybody else. And God met me at my need. God saved the little boy. Bless His holy name. And He showed me and He proved, he proved to me that He loved me. I hadn't got over it yet. Hadn't got over the fact that Jesus loved me the way that He did. I love Him tonight and I appreciate Him tonight. And He told us that He didn't give us the spirit of fear, but He gave us the spirit of power and the spirit of love and the spirit of a sound mind. Now that don't, that don't mean that our minds are going to overtake us at times. And that don't mean we will not have problems. But that tells me that I, I believe this tonight. I believe if we stay focused on the Lord and we, we do our part in it and stay humble and stay focused on the Lord, I believe that the Lord's going to go with us all the way. But you think about that sound mind. You think about that sound mind. That clear conscience. And how, you know, I talked about that the other day. Talked about being, being sober to the children. And how you think about an old drunk. How he's, if, if he's not sober, he's not in his right mind. He's, he's kind of out of his mind. If he's drunk, he's staggering around and, and has no sense of direction. And he's stumbling and falling. 
But you know, we ought to be sober and have a, a sound mind. Have a clear conscience. But you know, I thought about, no doubt Brother Timothy struggled with a few things. And I believe that Paul wrote to him to try to encourage him and help him along the way. You know, I thought about about that word fear. And you know, there's things that perhaps that I'm affected with that you're not. And no doubt that there's things that you're affected with that maybe nobody else is. But I thought about that word fear. And you know how that fear will, it will breed. Now you think about that. And how that fear could cause us to have those panic attacks. And fear could cause us to have the depression. You think about that. How important it is that you know, we do you know what fear truly is when it really comes right down to it? It's the absence and the opposite of faith. Because when we fear, we're trying to take control of a situation that maybe we have no business taking control of. And how that we're trying to to do things and accomplish things on our own. When all we ought to do is just back off and let the Lord have it. Trust Him and know that He's going to take care of it and He's going to handle it. You think about fear and how it's the opposite of faith. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to resolve the problems myself. I'm trying to take care of this. I'm trying to do this within my own power. What we ought to do is just let the Lord have it. Amen. Give it to Him and trust Him with it. And you know what? No matter how it works out, it's going to be for your benefit. It's going to be for His glory and His honor. Amen. And it'll be for your benefit. You know, I thought about how Brother Timothy no doubt struggled with fear Paul wouldn't have wrote what he wrote to him had had he not. And thank God, you think about this, thank God that Timothy struggled with some of the things that he struggled with because I get to read what Paul wrote to Timothy and how it helps me to overcome my fears, to overcome my faults, to overcome my failures, to overcome my lack of faith. I can read what Paul wrote to Timothy. And know that fear didn't come from God. He didn't give that to me. But He's given me His power and His love. And He can give me that sound mind that I can dwell upon Him.